You are listening to a live podcast sermon from Seeking the Kingdom Worship Nights by ThisIsSalvation.com. For more information, visit www.ThisIsSalvation.com or search us on Facebook under This Is Salvation or Not My Fame Worship. A lot of people here today, a lot of people that I didn't, I didn't expect this big of a number. About nine months ago, we started doing this in my basement, in my living room. We had about 10 to 12 people. Some of you guys are here now, some of you guys aren't. But we started in my living room, and the name came about Seeking the Kingdom. We didn't just place that name on top of this group. It just came about because our first meeting, what we preached on was seeking the kingdom of Jesus. We found in Matthew 6, seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you. Don't worry about what you're going to wear. Don't worry about what you're going to eat. Don't worry, don't worry about what you're going to do. Just seek first the kingdom of God, and God will provide. God will take care of you. And what we talked about specifically that first meeting was trusting the word of God. Because it's easy to... You know, we all believe that Jesus died for our sins. We know that the salvation story, Jesus died for our sins. Thank you, Jesus. We can believe that. It's easy. We want to get out of hell. We, we want to be redeemed from God. So we say, thank you. For, we can believe that the salvation story, it's easy to trust that. But what we're talking about the first time is that we can actually trust God's word. You know, when God says, seek me first, we can actually trust that. When God says, don't worry about what you're going to wear. Don't worry about what you're going to eat. Don't worry about tomorrow. Proverbs 3, 5 to 6, when it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean on me. Do not depend on yourself and your own understanding. And I will make your pathway straight. We can trust these words. These are the words that we need to put our trust in. These are the ones that are hard to put our trust in. Because it's so hard in our lives because we, we have 10 billion things going on. We have relationships, work, finances, house, this and that. It's easy to believe for salvation. When God says, hey, trust me in the little. Trust me in this. Just pour your life. You can trust me with everything. I got you. That's what we talked about the first time. That's why it was called seeking the kingdom of God. Because we're just coming. Matthew 6.33, we're saying, you know what, God? We're not going to worry about tomorrow. We're not going to worry about what we're going to eat or where we're going to meet or what we're going to do. We're just going to seek you first. And we know that you're going to provide because we trust you. We know we're taking your word at face value. So a little bit about this group. We met in my basement for a bit. We just... Me, JD, Mazin, we've been hitting this thing up for about a year, and we've just been asking God, no, what do you want us to do next? What's the next steps? Well, where can we go? Do you want us to stay in the basement? Do you want us to come out and reach more people? Because we're in Milton, so it's a little bit far. You know, God opened up this place. Just to give you, I wasn't going to tell you guys how I got this place, but I've been calling places left, right, and center, Kijiji ads through the roof, trying to find a place that I can just <laughs> rent. And everyone wants insurance. Everyone wants a thousand dollars a night. Everyone wants this, this, and to jump through so many hoops that I just got fed up. And on my way to work, I asked the Lord. And I was driving. I was like, Lord, you know what? I don't need to go out into a place and do this. If you want me to do it in my basement, I'll continue to do it in my basement. But Lord, if Your will is for us to go out into a place to seek more people, because we have definitely a lot more people here today. 
Make it easy. Make it so easy that I can just walk into this place. Two hours later, I'm at work. I go into Gigi, an ad I'd never seen before was there. I text to the guy. The guy's like, hey, okay, this is the price. Here's the key. When can you come in? Just like that. The guy didn't know my name. He didn't even know if I was a Christian. He just said, this is the price. This price works for you. This works for me. We can work something out. You help me here. I help you there. Here's the key. And we, I'm just so thankful for this guy's ministry. That's how we came about. We're meeting the first Saturday of every month starting in January. This is just our kickoff. So we're excited to have you guys. And as I was preparing, but that's not what we're talking about today. We're not talking about trusting God's word tonight. That was before. Today, as I was searching my heart the past couple weeks, when we knew we were going to do it here, I was asking the Lord, what do you want me to talk about today? What can we talk about today? Because we're going to have a vast group of different people, some that I've never met, some I've known you my whole life. We have people here that don't know anything about Jesus or maybe never experienced Jesus. And we have people that have been in the faith for longer than I've been alive, probably. So what message could I talk about? What message could God bring to us that could address the non-believer and the lukewarm believer that's one's on the fence and the one who's on fire? What message? And I ask the Lord a petition of it and I, and I pray as a Lord, what do you want me to talk about? And to be honest, the Lord revealed it greatly to me. There's only one thing that saves the unbeliever. There's only one thing that gets someone out of the lukewarm water. There's only one thing that fills up a believer with passion to go live out. And it's the gospel. You see, there's only one thing in this Bible. There's only one main story. Comprised of many different stories, but there's only, it's pointing to one thing. And it's the gospel. What Jesus has done for us and what he's continuing to do. So we're going to talk about the gospel today. If you've never heard it before... This story will change your life. If you've heard it before, this story will change your life. We are never, ever, ever, quote John Piper, ever, 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 out of grasp and out of the need of hearing the gospel. It doesn't matter if you heard it one time, it doesn't matter if you heard it a million times. You need to hear the gospel. We need to hear it daily. And we'll find out why. So we're just going to dive in. But before we get into that, I want us to have two verses on our minds today. As I'm talking, as we're worshiping after for a bit, as you go to sleep, as you go to church tomorrow, as you go through the rest of the week, just remember these two verses. And preach them to yourself. Remind them. Write them down. The first one is Romans 6.23. <clears throat> for the wage of the sin is death. The free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus. And then the one we all know, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world, gave his only son, and whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. So remember this, Romans 6, 23. For the wages of sin is death. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world. So let's just jump in. We're going right to Genesis I'm going to do a simplified version because, you know, just because of time and just to do this. But in Genesis, God created the heavens and the earth. He created the sky, the land, the water, the air, the birds, the fish, everything God created. 
He created the Garden of Eden. He made Adam. He made Eve. He placed them in the Garden of Eden. And he said, free roam. Do what you want. You are in control. Name the animals. Do what you want, but don't touch. Don't go near. Do not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Because if you do, you will surely die. And we all know what happens next. The devil, the little snake that he is, came in, went to Eve, tempted her, and said, Hey, you can eat from this tree. It's okay. Don't worry about it. You're not going to die. You're going to be like God. You're going to be wise. It's okay. Eat from this tree. Being human and fly. She took the bait. She took the sin. The same way the devil talks to us in our lives. The way he tempts us. No, it's okay with that sin. Drink that drink. Why not? Go hang out with that person. Do that. It's okay. You're going to be fine. The same way he got Eve. The same way he gets us. Every single time. But this one had big consequences. So Eve took the apple or whatever it was, whatever kind of fruit, gave it to Adam. They both ate from it. Immediately they felt their shame. Immediately they felt their guilt. Immediately they were embarrassed and they ran and hid in the bushes because they disobeyed God. He now knew death had just came into the earth, into human nature. And God comes through the Garden of Eden and is like, hey, where's Adam and Eve? And they're like, we're hiding in the bushes because we're naked. And God's like, who told you that you're naked? And they're like, we ate from the tree and we realized it. And then God was like, a whole bunch of stuff happened, but he, he cast them out of the Garden of Eden because he realized God is holy. God is perfect. There is nothing wrong with God. God is the most perfect thing in this universe. There's no flaw in Him. And as soon as Adam and Eve disobeyed God, because God created us in our own image, in His, in His own image, but when Adam and Eve ate from that and disobeyed God, they severed the relationship with God because sin, imperfection, was now in our hearts. And it can no longer dwell with God in the holy place in heaven, the Garden of Eden. We were cut off. Redemption was needed. Because the wages of sin is death. We were, eternal, we were destined for eternal hell after that. There's no way you're going to heaven if you're not perfect. Before we get into the next steps of the story, you know, sometimes we hear, we hear all the time, okay, we're sinners, we're sinners, we need Jesus, we were sinners. And sometimes that gets redundant to the point where we, we just, we know we're sinners. I get it, I'm a sinner. But sometimes we need to take a look at ourselves and evaluate and to remind ourselves as believers just how much of a sinner we were, just how much we fall short. So I'll tell you this, I've been radically saved for the past six years. I went to church my whole life, 18 years, and I met God about six years ago. And that's when I started living for Him. And you see, we need to look at our own sin and evaluate our own sin and look at it deep in the eyes. So we're going to do that tonight. 
we're going to look at, we're going to compare our lives just to God's ten moral laws, something we don't read often, the Ten Commandments. So let's just, I'm just going to read them out. Number one, I just kind of jotted them down, so if they're not, they might not be word for word, but they, they drive the same point. You should have no other gods before me. Number two, do not take the Lord's name in vain. Number three, keep the Sabbath day holy. Number four, honor your father and your mother. Number five, thou shalt not kill. Number six, thou shalt not commit adultery. Number seven, thou shalt not steal. Number eight, do not bear false witness to your neighbor. You must not covet. There's a couple more, but I didn't write them down. Because I want to drive. I want us to compare ourselves with this law, with what God compares us to. Because if you've never broken any of these Ten Commandments, you're perfect. You can go to heaven. You're just like Jesus. You're just like God. But that's the point. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. When Adam and Eve sinned, they broke that relationship, and inherently we just inherited through human nature. Throughout the years, it's just in us. So let's just let's compare ourselves to this law right now. We're gonna do a little test. And in your heart, answer it honestly. I'm just gonna read them out, and inside your heart is answer yes or no, or see where you line up. You can't lie to yourself. Let's just go. Has anyone in here ever told a lie? I know I have. What do you call someone who lies? Liar. Liar. I see where I'm going. Has anyone in here ever stolen something? Doesn't matter if it's big, small. Doesn't matter if you got in trouble for it, or you did get in trouble for it, or if it was innocent. Did you take something that wasn't yours? What do you call someone who steals? <laughs> Has anyone here ever taken the Lord's name in vain? Anyone ever said, you know, oh my G-O-D, something as simple as that. That's taking the Lord's name in vain. Has anyone ever used the word Jesus Christ as a swear word? Has anyone here ever taken any of God's holy names and just used them in the way that they weren't supposed to be used? <clears throat> What do you call someone who uses God's name in vain? Call him a blasphemer of God. It's going to get heavy. Has anyone here ever killed anyone? I hope not. But in Matthew 5, in Matthew 5, Jesus says, even if you hate someone, even if you despise someone, you can't stand this person. You hate them. You've committed murder in your own heart. That's, right. That's Jesus' own words. Right. It gets even deeper. Has anyone ever had sex outside of marriage? Has anyone ever, you know, lusted after someone? Jesus says in his word, that even if you look at a woman with lust, you committed adultery in your heart. If we look at this, we look at these, we only list it off like four. Where do you line up? If we're honest with ourselves, we're liars. 
we're thieves, we're murderers, we're adulterers. <coughs> We've clearly broken God's law, and we didn't even try to. It just, that's how it is. We are in need of redemption. We are in need of saving grace. We're in the same boat as Adam and Eve. <coughs> so, this is where the hope comes. This is where the joy comes. Because the wages of sin is death. But for God so loved the world, He gave His only Son. And whoever believes in Him will not perish, but have everlasting life. You see, Jesus was born from Mary into this world. He wasn't born to you know, make you feel better. He wasn't born you know, to give you finances or to heal you all the time. Jesus was born and came to this world for one reason and one reason only. That is to save your soul. So that you may no longer be cut off from God. That you may have a way back into heaven through Jesus Christ. That is the only reason that God came to earth. And you know, sometimes we hear that and it becomes redundant. We've heard that before. But this is the living gospel. This is what saved you. We all deserve God's wrath. Until Jesus came and called your name, your name, your name, every single person who believes in him, until he called your name, you are under the condemnation of God. And now you're free. Because the wages of sin was death. But God so loved the world that He gave His only Son. And whoever believes in Him will no longer perish. That is our hope. That is our joy. And if this is your first time hearing this today, this story will change your life. This story will save your soul. Whatever darkness you're in, anxiety, depression, sin, whatever's around you, like whatever the, the pointlessness of life that surrounds you, this gospel is available to you. God is calling you into relationship with Him tonight. I like to tell everyone the time we meet with my friends when we do these meetings that if you are here tonight, it's not a coincidence. God is here because He wants you here tonight. He wants to tell you something tonight. He wants to show you something tonight. How receptive will we be? If this is your first time hearing the gospel, it isn't just a prayer. You don't say, Jesus, come into my heart. But that is the first point of contact. There's no equation to get Jesus. Just trust Him. You have to acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord. Yes, Jesus, you died for my sins. I see that I am broken. I see that I can no longer make that gap. I see that I am condemned in my sins. And I understand that you saved me and you're the only way. That's the way starting a relationship with Jesus Christ. And to the believer here, Do you remember where you were when Jesus first saved you? Do you remember the point of your life where Jesus said, hey, let's trade those dirty robes for a white robe, a clean, pure robe? Do you remember the motivation? Do you remember the passion? Do you remember the zeal that you had I do. It was great. But sometimes we need to ask ourselves, how do we get so dull? How do we get to the point where we just 
don't really care too much. You see, the problem is that we, we, we take this faith and then we get too comfortable in it. And then we go to church too many times. And then we just get into this walk that we get so complacent that being a Christian is just another thing that we do, a lifestyle that we live. And we're forgetting that, that Jesus Christ paid for our sins with the power of his blood. And the power that lives in him lives inside of us. And we need to go out into this world and preach this gospel, this good news to save everyone else. That is what God has called us to do. And if you're a believer here today, I don't need to come up here and hype you up and say, let's do things for Jesus. Let's get on fire. Let's go cast out some demons. We don't need that. The gospel should be enough for you to get fired up in your soul that you will go out and tell people, that you will go out and live for Christ. We need to preach the gospel to ourselves every single day. And I'm not even joking. Every single day, multiple times a day. Because I'll tell you this. If you preach and you read the gospel and you understand it every single day, renew it every single day, there's no way you're going to walk out of this place and walk into your week and just jump into sin like it doesn't matter. Because when you're reminded of the blood and the cost and the price that Jesus paid with his own life, there's no way you're going to want to compromise. It may happen, but there's no way you're going to say, I'm just going to do whatever I want. Because we realize that Jesus has paid a price. We realize that following Jesus comes at a cost and it means your life. You know, I'm, I might be going off on a ramp, but you know, I hear so many excuses. I've given so many excuses. I'm busy. I can't commit to this because of this. Oh, I work here. I do this there. That God is not interested in your excuses. We can make excuses up the wall. When you get in front of Jesus, he's going to be like, what would you do with the word I gave you? Mm -hmm. Oh, you're busy. Oh, you had to go to work. You know, work is good. Relationships are good. Finances are good. We have responsibilities. We need to be diligent with them. But Jesus is number one all the time. All the time. And that's why we need to preach to ourselves the gospel. Because the gospel is the only thing that's going to save us at the end. You can rack up all the money you want. You can get all the, the fame and riches. You can get whatever you need. But when you stand in front of Jesus, He's just going to look at you. Those things are going to be gone. You're going to be standing alone. He's going to be God with fire in His eyes. This isn't a joke. And this isn't to scare you. But this is to say, look at what Jesus has done for us. Look at what the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, He came down from His throne and said, I'm going to die for you guys. When I hear that, I'm just, there's no way I can go on sin. There's no way that I want to. So we have a responsibility as believers. Matthew 28 go into the world, preach the gospel to all creation, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. God has called us. He has called you. Doesn't, just, just because you're not on the stage, just because you're not playing a guitar, doesn't mean God has called you to greater things. God has called every single one of you to be ambassadors of the gospel. I know many people in here are doing that, and I commend you guys, keep going. But there's many of us who are not. I'm saying... Find yourself to God. This is all you need. You don't need another sermon jam. You don't need another Hillsong song to pump you up. You just need.
John 3.16 and Romans 6.23 to pump you up and to realize what God has done for you. That's all I had planned. You know, we just, let's seek the Lord.